0: Welcome to the Dork Forest. Jackie and and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsessions will make make us us laugh and smile. smile. So let's explore the Dork Forest and Dork dork down for a while. 2023, you guys. And I'm winging it. Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. That's the website, the Dork Forest, if you like a determiner. Dorkforest.com also works. JackieCation.com has all of my stand-up information. Like it has videos, it has pictures, it has links to this podcast and to my other podcast with Lori Kilmartin. It has a merch store that has Dork Forest t-shirts. It has all of my stand-up merch and all of my CDs and DVDs. So that's what you know about websites. There's an opportunity, because uh, we're in the new year here, that you can donate to the Dork Forest. I don't have a Patreon. I don't have uh, anything really set up, though I understand you can set up on PayPal a monthly if you wanted to. Uh, You could donate and uh, be of, uh, to support the show. This is the 17th season, the 17th year I've been putting this stuff out. It's free, but if you have money and would like to throw me some money, boy, howdy. Uh, uh, There's a PayPal. uh, There is at my webs at my email address, actually, Jackie at com, which you can also email me and tell me how much you're enjoying the show. You can also do Venmo if you'd like, which is just Jackie Cation, no hyphen, all one word, picture of this, this person, me, and then um, I think that's it. I think I have Zell, but it's too complicated. Other than that, let's do the credits. Patrick Brady, still in, fixing the audio. All these years later, give it up to Patrick Brady. That's what a lot of your donations support, by the way, because I like to uh, share the wealth. And then um, Bill Moss, he does the websites, and Mike Rickberg wrote and sang that song. Composed and sang that song with his wife now, Sarah. And uh, at the end, he sings uh, the Mexican hat dance, which is always fun. Anyway, I'm sure there's more to it. There's a band camp that has a bunch. It has like a a, a stand-up storytelling album that was never released. It's uh, There's also a a bunch of live episodes that many of them are free. There were 200 episodes that were not pre-recorded, and I sort of culled through those, and I pulled like 17 of the best ones. There's an album collection of that, 17 Hours of Dork Forest. If you run through all of the episodes, go to bandcamp.com, Dork Forest, or Google those words, and you'll find it. Anyway, there's probably more. I can't remember any of it, but you're doing great. Feel free to enjoy the show. Oh, oh, my God. Jackie Cation. How's it going? I'm in my garage. It's exciting. <laughs> uh, I believe we met two days ago over the Internet. I'm a Marfo. Welcome to the Dork Forest. Is that when we, we met? did? Yes. It was at the, uh, the Lysistrata panel for an Austin, Texas comedy festival, right? Yes. Yes, it was. You, though, are a Massachusetts comic.
1: I am. I'm based in Boston.
0: There you go. Boston comic. I'm a Marfo, you guys. A-M-M-A-M-A-R-F-O. And that's what it is on Instagram. And it's also amamarfo.com <laughs> slash comedy because uh, she has a whole life. So uh, find the rest of the... Uh, so I'm psyched. I watched your uh, the half hour that you recorded, your half hour video special called Enjoy Your Nachos. It's on YouTube. I will, I will put a it link. Is. Uh, and um, it was funny. And I really enjoyed the, uh, I was telling Andy, uh, before we get into your dorkdom clearly, uh, I was telling Andy <laughs> about, um, uh, the space camp story. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And how somebody told you to take it off your resume and he interviews so many people all the time and he, uh, and he's like, no, that's a great interview. Like what? Yeah. And then you might get a so job. so too. Yeah.
1: The you number are, of people I've since talked to that watched it were like, oh, I went too. Like I've met so many like space camp alum as a result of it. It's like being an Eagle Scout or Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it's yeah. so it's
0: one of those things that like just immediately bonds people that did it. Right. And it's not and I have two nephews that are Eagle Scouts and it feels a little gross when it comes yeah. up in interviews. So this just means, yay, nerds. Eagle Scout means Exactly. Look what your parents made you do. And uh, (laughs) Uh, that's fine. So here's, I have a list. Uh, Your dorkdom is a list of uh, gentlemen that you admire. They're crushes, famous people that you crush on.
1: That's such a a diplomatic way of putting it. Thank you for saying so. (laughs) Because being 36 years old and having (laughs) celebrity crushes feels
0: deranged. Like, oh, But I think 36 seems about right because eventually you get, I mean, because I remember when I was, I was probably 30 or 32 when I had a crush on Keanu Reeves and knew that nothing would come of it. And that's when that started to fade. Like right around 36, I still had a crush on Dennis Quaid for no reason. And then later I was like, why don't you wrap that up? Uh, But, uh, (laughs) I mean, I'm sure he's a perfectly nice man, but... um, Someone asked me who my favorite actor was, and I said Dennis Quaid. And my acting teacher was like, Wow. Oh, okay. What is that? That's your favorite actor. And I was trying it's to- It's an act. offbeat answer. You don't you don't hear it often. No, no, because he's not a great actor. He uh, <laughs> he's a he's a guy with regular features that seem very handsome. So uh yeah. So okay, so Marfo. pick one, and here's what you should know. I don't know who anybody is. As, as I picked two guys of their 50s. You, so uh, you, you did tell me that. You were like, I won't know who any of these people are. Well, as we talk through it, maybe we'll get to a place where you can pinpoint some of them. Oh, actually, the middle guy I do know. But that's because he, too, is in his 50s. Oh, good for him. Okay. There you go. There we go. First guy, Jason. Okay, so Jason Weaver
1: was like one of my youngest, youngest crushes because he was the singing voice of young Simba in The Lion King. Aww. Now, yes, so at the time, there weren't a whole lot of Disney movies that acknowledged that Black people existed. Right. <laughs> and then we got The Lion King in 1994. I was eight. Um, He had actually just played young Michael Jackson in the five-part miniseries Jackson, The American Dream. So he could, like, sing, sing. He could dance. Oh. He was adorable. Yep. And then they are like, oh, he's going to be the young Simba in The Lion King. And I was so excited. Okay. So. <laughs> so this was um this was like a very big deal because it was him and James Earl Jones and Madge Sinclair, and I was like, they let black people in a Disney movie? Look at this, us!
0: You know, now that you say it, and of course I am in a fishbowl of my own uh enjoyment, uh how would I why would I no one would have pointed it out. So is that pretty much the first big uh people of color in a Disney movie? It pretty much
1: was. Like I I like to tell people that like we had the Lion King. And then we had the Muses and Hercules. And then we had to wait a very long time before the Princess and the Frog. So uh, Lion King was kind of groundbreaking in a lot of ways. But one of them was just like, hey, employ black people. Actors. We won't let them be people yet. But huh? right. They get. Yeah.
0: You know what? Steady work that uh, that that voiceover stuff, though. That's uh, that's that's true. And, and it's true. And James Earl Jones, voice of Darth Vader, if I remember correctly. No? He was, maybe? yes. Okay, so.
1: Yeah. But uh, yeah, Darth Vader and CNN. Like, this is CNN. That's okay. also him.
0: Oh, that's also him. So, yeah, we don't, clearly, uh, you don't get to be on screen, but, uh, yeah. It and took so, us a long time. Yeah, the journey continues. Okay, well, Wakanda mm-hmm. forever, my friends. Uh, let's get this together. Oh, there you go. And so, uh, <laughs> so he was Simba, and is he also super handsome and fit? Is he an actor He's guy? very,
1: he's. Yeah, he's cute. He he wasn't doing a whole lot of acting for a while. Like he did a bit of stuff with the Disney Channel into his teens. Kind of dropped off for a little bit, and now he's back doing some stuff. He's on The Shy on Showtime now. Okay. Um, so I was just very excited to see him work again. I was like,
0: he was so good. Where's he been? <laughs> so I'm right. glad he's back. You're glad he's back. Is he approximately thirty six years old too right now? That's always what I think with crushes is. If they're kind of age appropriate, I, I get sucked in, you know. Um, he's a little bit older than I am.
1: He's probably okay. in his like his early forties, I want to say. Oh,
0: this is a handsome young man right here, early forties. Right? This is a handsome adult man, forties. Yeah, handsome adult man. <laughs> yes, rough, roughly age appropriate, I would Ru- say. Oh, oh, a couple I saw years it. older than me. Yeah, not so bad. And uh, okay, so Jason Weaver, you guys uh, know mm-hmm. in your heart because I've never known his name. So uh, now we know he did Simba. Now you know he was the young Michael Jackson, which means that he he must have been sort of lithe, like kind of like real kind of skinny as a as, yeah. a as a boy, yeah, as a child.
1: Yeah, like skinny, good dancer. Um,
0: maybe not super yeah, tall. He did great.
1: Yeah. It used to be on VH1 all the time. Like, the likelihood that you would turn on VH1 and it was just on, A, because they were showing it a lot, but B, it's very long. So it's like, if you decide you're watching it and you catch it in the Jason Weaver era, like,
0: that's most of your day. Right. But, like, you get all of it. <laughs> right, right. That's that's him growing up right there. So mm-hmm. that's fascinating. Okay. Uh, I say we go through them until we run out of men. And then we uh, say, uh, (laughs) who's your laminated uh, list? Okay, so next up. Okay. A guy named uh, Devon, maybe? Devon Sawa. Yeah. Devon. Okay.
1: Okay, so in the mid to late 90s, before we had the rivalry of Backstreet Boys versus NSYNC, this was before that. There was R.U. team J.T.T., Ta- Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who at the time was on Home Improvement. Okay. Or Are You team Devin Sawa, who was not doing regular television, but was fairly active in movies. Okay. The Marfo household was a house divided. My sister <laughs> was a Jonathan Taylor <laughs> Thomas fan, and I was a Devin Sawa fan. Okay. He had done Casper. He had done Now and Then. And then the two fandoms converged in the 1997 film Wild America. They were both in it and it was not playing near our house. It was playing about an hour away. So the two of us, my sister and I, along with our neighbor, Nicole, badgered my mother to drive us an hour to go see this movie. And it was fine. The movie was fine. But it was just one of those things where it's like they're both in it. This is an event. (laughs) We have to see it. It's very important. It Um,
0: It will fulfill all of everybody's crushes okay
1: it, it 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 hit everybody's needs yeah um but yeah it's it's a movie about the is brothers the, who ended up there there he is that is him.
0: Uh, check out the YouTube you guys I'm showing pictures of uh we're 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 building kind of what you like in a fellow which is a kind of a lithe you know kind of a a, a thin but very handsome okay this is devin Sawa, S-A-W-A. His iconic Mm -hmm. roles, including Casper. Uh, That's what the article says. What He was in Casper Mm -hmm. the Friendly Ghost? Is that what I'm... He was. So Casper, I want to say this was like
1: 1995. So it was Christina Ricci, Bill Pullman, pre-Independence Day. (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, It's funny because, so you're like, all right, Bill Pullman, hot dad to a young girl, Christina Ricci. And they move into this house because he is a ghost hunter trying to find the spirit of his dead wife.
0: Oh, that's just good and writing. That's just good writing. It's okay. wonderful. <laughs> wonderful writing. Uh, so
1: in the process, they move into this house and there's, there's Casper. He's the ghost there, but then his three ghost uncles who are kind of jerks. And he's just like this sweet kid. Um And they, and the kid makes friends with Christina Ricci. So her best friend when she moves to this new town is a ghost. And like, yeah, they talk about how like a child dies. It's more than a little bit sad.
0: Um, (laughs) Wait, we find out Casper's backstory? I'm sorry to digress. But no, no. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. How did Casper pass away?
1: He got sick after like sledding outside, so I don't know if it was like pneumonia or like something, Ooh. but like it was too cold and he got sick. I don't know if his parents believed in vaccines, and I did not mean to take the podcast there, but people have oh, asked. Fair um, enough.
0: And the thing is, could have been pre-vaccines. Could have been pre-vaccines. Could exactly. have been the flu epidemic of 1918. Could have happened. Mm-hmm. Re- remember, yeah, it's they, a they wonderful don't place life it in time. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah they, don't, they don't place it in time, so it could have been something like that. But in any case, now there's this dead child in the house. <laughs> um, and then the peak of the action, where it becomes, like, very swoony, is that Cat, Christina Ricci, decides to hold a Halloween party. And she has the Halloween party there, because everyone in the town is like, oh, your house is haunted. So they go, and then at one point, Casper comes down in his human form. And it's Devin Sawa, and he's maybe 12, 13 at this point. But I was like nine, and I was like, wait a minute, what is this feeling? Like. It's a so big he deal. played,
0: he played the corporeal image of Casper the Friendly Ghost. He did. He did. I need, first of all, this is a film that I would enjoy. I think at this juncture. I think you would. Yeah. There's absolutely no reason not to uh yeah. Uh okay. All right. So that's, I, I kind of want to write down, find Casper. Find, uh, stream I'm not sure where it's streaming. Yeah. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere, but I, right. I think you might enjoy it. I might enjoy it because that's hilarious. And so Casper the Friendly Ghost sounds, but what was Wild America about?
1: So the, oh gosh, and now I'm forgetting their name. The brothers that did Wild America on PBS for ages. Okay. Um. Gosh, what was their name? I want to say Wolf, but that feels too on the nose. <laughs> But it was essentially about how they kind of like got into wildlife photography and went on this trip, the three of them, to like start filming animals like out in the wilderness. And then like it eventually turned into Is it a the, comedy uh, the series that.
0: Ah, uh, no. It it's mostly a drama. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Devin Sawa, and Scott Barstow? Scott Barstow,
1: yeah. Uh, it right. was on Party of Five at the time, but I was a bit young for that. I've since watched Wait. it and he was great.
0: Are they doing the voices of these animals? Or are they- you,
1: you know, it
0: looks like they would be, doesn't yeah. it? But it looks no. like Homeward Bound. It looks like Michael J. Fox. <laughs> like one of them plays a cat, one of them plays a bear, and one yeah. of them plays a wolf. Oh my that God. That would have been a very different, way more fun <laughs> movie. But no, they're just
1: pursuing
0: animals that cannot talk. Interesting. William Deer, director. Uh, So David Burr, cinematography. I'm looking for a name. The word bear is in it. Is Wild America movie a true story? It's inspired by the true story of the stuff, the Stouffer brothers who grew up. Stouffer brothers. There we go. There we go. Um, Wow. Uh, A door just closed. You guys, I don't know if you heard it, but uh, there it is. The (laughs) the wind is alive. And uh, so, okay. So that one, they're just sort of how they fell in love with animals. and
1: Mm -hmm. Like they loved animals, loved filmmaking. And were just like, this is the thing that we're going to do. Okay, uh, the movie is fine, but it was very <laughs> nice to look at in the mid to late nineties. Sure, it was all of the teen beat pinups come to
0: life? Right. I, was I like, oh to- these pinups can move. Right. It's like out. It's like the outsiders when in the early eighties when I was like yes a teen and uh, and I was like, yeah, this is not true to the book, but I'm enjoying these handsome gentlemen. And now, uh, who was
1: who was your outsider of choice? Because I did love that book, and then. Right. Came to love the movie as well.
0: Uh, well, you know, in the book, of course, everybody loves Ponyboy. Uh, but, yeah. uh, and was Matt Dillon in it? Because I kind of. Matt Dillon was in it. He was uh, Dally. You might have been Dallas? Okay. He so, was Dallas, yeah. Matt Dillon was Dallas. And then, um, and then I always had a crush on Emilio Estevez. <laughs> uh Because sure. I loved him in Repo Man. Later. That mm-hmm. was a later film. But uh, it was when yeah. he decided he was going to be an artist. Uh, that fell apart, yes, but he was like he had to get away from the bradick, oh, yeah, I don't know what he's doing yeah. now he i i sh- i think he's he's uh Hollywood royalty they bought land, he's fine, but um well, he was doing um the mighty Ducks game
1: changers the first season, okay, and then he's, uh charlie
0: she- Charlie Sheen is his brother, right, Charlie Sheen is his brother, yes, okay. Now, now I'm also also writing down whatever happened to Emilio Estevez.
1: <laughs> yeah. So he he did the first season of the Mighty Ducks series for Disney Plus. Oh, and did then he? There, he did. So he came back as Gordon Bombay for that series. But then there were some COVID protocols that he did not wish to comply with. They don't say which part, but we can make our guesses. Um, yes. So he was uh removed and Josh Duhamel came in and replaced him for the second season. But now it's canceled, so it doesn't matter. But he was in the first season, and that was about two years
0: ago. This must, <laughs> this must break Martin Sheen's heart that these two guys are yes. such weirdo. Like, it's the way they... they. Yeah. This has got... Because he's... Like, I... Because I live with my mother-in-law, have just watched the entire seasons, all the seasons, of Gracie and Frankie. Or Frankie and Gracie oh, yes. or whatever. Yeah. Yes, and yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. And so, and he's such a good, like he was in, he, he's the West Wing guy. And yep. Char, Charlie Vice Sheen. Vice President
1: and the American President, which oh. my father loves.
0: It's one of my favorite movies. I've seen it over 200 times. Uh, it's two, so good. It's so good. Um, it made me fall in love with Annette Bening, uh, though I, I do not identify as bisexual. Uh, I do not. You know what I identify as? Human. And uh, look at that. She seems very pretty. So, uh, I, I'm not going to make out with anybody. I currently, I actually identify as monogamous, uh, because I'm married. (laughs) I'm married to that guy. (laughs) So I was like, do you identify as monogamous? And he looked at me and said, sure. And, uh, I was like, sure. He says, all right,
1: that's a choice. (laughs) Not yes, but sure. Yes, They kind of mean different things.
0: It felt a little dodgy, but, uh, I think think it's because for a long time he identified as bisexual and it felt like I was sort of getting him away from that i was like no your history could be whatever it is my friend
1: uh but it's a uh, way of exercising some freedom i have to imagine of like sure "Sure." Sure.
0: like it's a yes but like yeah i still want freedom to move yes all right do that it's uh but if we move please alert me uh so (laughs) because of the monogamy (laughs) all right third third one on the list ben affleck this one i know
1: This one, you know. Right. So I was actually just telling somebody part of this story in the fourth grade. And I just talked to a friend about this who was in fourth grade with me. There was this educational series that PBS did called Voyage of the Mimi. And Ben Affleck was in it. He was probably about 10 or 11 at the time. But, like, it had been out really? for a couple of years. So this was, like, very, very young Ben Affleck. I, and we watched it in science class. It was a big deal because we got out the laser disc player. That's where we were in time. <laughs> um, so then in, like, seventh grade, when we all heard about Good Will Hunting come out and, like, that whole deal, they were like, oh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. And I was like, Ben Affleck from Voyage of the Mimi? And even then, like, the type of person that I am, nobody knew what I was talking about. Because right. they didn't know that it was this kid from this educational series that we watched on Laserdisc once a week. But it was him. It was the kid from Voyage of the Mimi. And the second Voyage of the Mimi. There he is. C.T. Ben Granville, Affleck as a tiny ben child. Affleck.
0: Uh-huh. Ben? What? was? Does he come from Hollywood royalty, I take it, as well? So
1: he doesn't. He, well... Actually, yes and no. So he grew up in Cambridge, Massachusetts, which is where he met Ben Affleck. Okay. Where he met Matt Damon. I'm sorry, because Matt Damon is also from Massachusetts. But his mom apparently was a casting agent, which I did not know. Oh. So in the system, but not quite like royalty.
0: Right, right. So in the uh, possible to, to, yeah. So there was, he could get work because his mom. That's so right. fascinating. Um, wow. Voyage of the Mimi. What was that about? So it was about a
1: group of like scientists that were exploring and gathering data on humpback whales around New England. Hmm. So because they grew up, he grew up in New England. It's a WGBH production, flagship, uh, PBS and NPR station, flagship. Um, so the best flagship. <clears throat> yes. So he was on that, um, and then we watched it at school, and then his character was like the grandson of the captain. Whose mom, like, needed him to do something for the summer. So he was just a kid on this boat that, like, got to meet all these scientists and all this other stuff. Uh, So, like, the first half was their adventures on, like, the islands and, like, gathering data. And then the second half was, like, him and other, like, young people from the show, like, talking to people. Like, the New England Aquarium. Or, like, other people that know things about, like, science. So it was... Very educational. I was
0: getting a little bit more out of it than that. But yes. <laughs> right. Because you, cause, and, and they played it in your class because it was a PBS thing mm-hmm. and somebody didn't yep. want to teach that day. They're like, instead, right. let's watch Voyage with a Mimi. Um, Especially because like we had
1: laser discs and they're like, y'all know about laser discs? Like, laser discs. That, I don't even know how to explain them for people that weren't around. Like record size CDs, I guess. Record size DVDs. DVDs.
0: That's it. And the go. quality was amazing. Yes, because of the uh, because of the it the bit rate could be what I don't know. Allow me to fall have that fall apart. You get it. First of all, <laughs> Rangers of the yeah. Dark Forest. They probably half of them owned laserdiscs. Uh, so that's true. And
1: I remember watching The Abyss at a neighbor's house on laserdisc. And you're right, it looked amazing.
0: On it's, like a late '90s television, when it should have looked awful, so right. like it was amazing. Right. It's a right. The quality is epic. So, but here's so Ben Affleck. There was I don't know what uh, I liked the the Matt Damon movie with him, A fair Hunting. Yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. It was sort of hyped a little too much, and then I went and saw it, which is such a horrible. Don't do it, people. Don't I mean, oh, we'll get to that in just a moment. But yes, because <laughs> you yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to like it. And I like uh, Robin Williams played his teacher. That was super fun for me. Mm-hmm. And um, and I thought it was great. But I will say there is a Ben Affleck movie that I liked in spite of Ben Affleck. And I think Ben Affleck is very handsome. Uh, but the mm. uh, it would be it's a Philip K. Dick book. That could not be ruined by, by that bad five or six years of Ben Affleck. But he had a bad the, um, paycheck. Was cool. Thank you. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, And because there was a bad dip where he, the choices he made were terrible. But for some reason, his performance was not great.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what was going on. Like, like there was like mid to late 2000s because it was before
0: he had started directing.
1: Yeah, it's sort Where of I like think it was just some of it was like something was going on. I'm not sure
0: he had to re-find it like he got to be Batman and mm. it was just like, oh, this is painful. And uh, and then afterwards, he sort of found it again. Like he sort of, you know, he had a bad it was a. and granted, it might have been when he was partying so hard and he had to yeah, uh, sober there's a lot up and of other stuff other stuff going on. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then he sobered up and maybe he was like, "Oh, okay, I'm not going to phone it in anymore." And uh <laughs> so mm-hmm. but Paycheck was actually a fascinating story. I love Philip K Dick. Um I can't mm-hmm. read him. He writes uh he's clearly on LSD. But the plots yep. um, when when someone else has taken the time to read a Philip K Dick novel and turn it into Either a synopsis, I enjoy a synopsis, uh, uh, mm-hmm. or a movie. I am on board. Though Man in the High Castle, yep. I couldn't do because it was too creepy. Uh, but the. Yeah.
1: Time wise, it was a
0: tough one. Oh. I was like, oh, maybe not now. Maybe not now. Oh, no. And now it felt, yeah, it felt, it was terrible, terrible timing on that mm-hmm. too. It was a little too high. We're living this. It was Handmaid's Yes. Yeah. Same. Exactly. Same thing. Same thing. Mm hmm. And, uh, but I do, uh, like, I even liked Minority Report. And yes, Tom, Tom I really Cruise. liked
1: Minority Report.
0: Yeah. And Tom Cruise Tom has Cru- been. And then like. Go ahead. Yeah, he was great.
1: And then that was one of the first times we got Colin Farrell. So like he kind of burst in. I was like, oh, hey, where are you?
0: <laughs> and that was another
1: great one where that kind of happened. But
0: yeah. I, I love what you emailed me about the definition of celebrity crushes. <laughs> Remember the quote that you said? Yes, 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 yes. What was Let that? Let me read it. Please. So I want
1: to make sure that I get it right. So Blythe Robertson, who is a writer, she's a she works on Colbert. She's I think she's a writer's assistant or one of the assistants on Colbert. She has a book called How to Date Men When You Hate Men, which is a very provocative <laughs> title. It's actually a very good book. Yeah. Um, but she talks a lot about like the value of crushes as a woman of our shared age. We're about the same age, and what she mm-hmm. says is crushes are basically love energy within yourself
0: that you use the idea of another person to access. And oh. I was like, that makes me feel better about it. Right. Because there's there's parts of those crushes that you're like, oh, can I see it? Do you see it reflected in yourself? Right. Yeah, it okay. kind of
1: lets me know what I think is important. And over time, like, it kind of shifts. So, like, who I really liked as I was a kid and, like, seeing who those people have turned out to be and, like, how I feel about it. And it's it's been
0: really interesting. Have any of them, like, like... But when you, it, it is hard having a celebrity crush and then you find out that they've either lost their mind or they were never nice. And that always feels bad because sure. it, it means that, that I've judged somebody badly, you know, like, like yeah. I was attracted to something that I, was, that I shouldn't have been attracted to. But I'm actually pr- usually pretty good about it. The only one that's weird is Michael Douglas. Because Michael Douglas, I like Michael Michael Douglas a lot. But Michael Douglas is an empty vessel, as far as I can tell. Like, if you pour a script into that guy, he becomes that guy. Romancing the Stone, Wall Street, American President, like whatever, whatever, Hank Pym. And uh, you're like, I can't tell what kind of guy you really are because you're so good at this. And he's he's
1: blank, almost not in like appearance. Like, I definitely know what Michael Douglas is or like, I know what I'm looking at when I see him. But blank in the sense of like,
0: he takes on whatever he needs to take on. He's an amazing actor. (laughs) He's (laughs) just like, so he's someone that I like. And I'm like, well, I hope he's a good guy. But didn't he marry like Angelina Jolie or like, didn't he marry someone super young? Not Angelina Jolie. That was Brad Pitt. Uh,
1: Michael Douglas is married to uh Catherine Zeta Jones.
0: That's right. Who is in my who, like head. now
1: is age appropriate, but at the time felt weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Fair enough. By um, all accounts, they have a lovely life together. But yeah, I'm trying to think so. of anybody in particular that has like disappointed in that way. I don't I don't know that I've had that. I mean, I think Ben Affleck is an interesting case in that, in the sense of like I wonder what he's doing. I hope he's okay, but never really like disappointed. <laughs> Just more like, right. should I be like, should I, from afar, who has never met Ben Affleck, be worried about Ben Affleck? <laughs> like it usually tends to take on more of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I don't think he's, uh, yeah, because it's different from having a crush on someone. I don't think I've ever had a crush on someone and had them kind of become a goof. Or, and that's the lightest way of putting it, as opposed to just being a fan of somebody and then going, Mm -hmm. okay, you, you Woody Allen, you know, uh, uh, Cosby, uh, Louis C.K., where you're just like, Mm -hmm. oh, it turns out you're not using your powers for good all the time. You also have this super scary part of you that decided, Mm -hmm. because when you become famous, and I've always thought this, is that... um, because people talk about Keanu Reeves who I did have a crush on for a long time and mm-hmm. he, there was a there was a dormant period in his life and now he's yeah. back with all the John Wick's and we, and he's the greatest guy in the world and everybody says he's super nice and that's mm-hmm. uh that's uh I feel good about that but um but uh who did I have a crush on that it was uh I was worried about god dang it Oh, oh, brain. I went into Keanu Reeves and then I was reminded of a bit I used to do. Let's quickly tell people <laughs> that I'm talking with Emma Marfo. And uh, if you go to Emma Marfo, M-A-R-F-O, A-M-M-A, by the way, dot com slash comedy, you can see all the things. But she is on Instagram at Emma Marfo. So she's got uh, a comedy comedy hub show that's monthly, right? In in the Boston area mm-hmm. called A Pantry well, Raid. So it's on
1: It's online. So every second Wednesday, you can
0: watch it on Twitch on Comedy Hub. So we've got one next week. Oh, that's it's going to be a lot of fun. Is it once? Because this is going to go up in like three or four weeks. So what is it? Every third Wednesday? It's every second second Wednesday at 8 Eastern. Okay, I'm going to put that link in the notes so you guys can go check and see when the next one because this will come out on a Tuesday. Maybe it'll be the next day. You can see online stand-up comedy. I would do that, Joe, if you wanted me to. Uh, Absolutely. Enjoy the Nachos is her half-hour special that is on YouTube, and that will be in the link as well. And uh, what's FOD Ball Productions? What is that? So... Fogball
1: Productions is a comedy collective that I work on in Boston with some friends, and it essentially is for people who are the first, only, or different on their lineups. So women, people of color, people oh. across the <laughs> queer spectrum who get right. to do shows together. Oh, and nice. it was really—it was born of the idea that like I travel a lot for comedy, I do uh, festivals and things like that, and I would meet Boston comics, women, people of color who I had never met before. And I would have to travel to meet them. So I met comics that I would love to have met in Boston, in New York, in Toronto. And it was just because like, oh, either I'm the The standout on that show or they are. So we never met. So this has been a way to put a bunch of those people together on shows together. And it's been wonderful. Like we're having so much fun. Um, The feedback mics that we've done have been amazing. And just everybody feels so comfortable when they can be in spaces where they kind of know that they're not going to be the butt of the joke. And audiences have felt the same way. Like we've gotten people that were like, oh, I didn't think I liked going to shows in Boston, but it turns out when no one's making fun of me, I actually really like comedy. So that's been a really nice kind of additional benefit.
0: Well, let me just say the thing that I tell everybody every time. Lewis Lee, uh, owns a comedy club in Minneapolis and he tries to book a lot of different people. And the way he puts it is he is Chinese. He is from Hong Kong originally. Mm-hmm. And what he likes, what Lewis Lee likes to say is everyone has money, Jackie. I want it all. So that's why yeah. he books uh, a diverse acts because he's like, mm-hmm. the only people he didn't book for years, the Chinese. I was like, if you could find a Chinese, I know Chinese comics that are funny. He's like, I doubt it. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you a dick? Why are you a dick about Chinese? He was like, well, maybe I have a higher standard. And I was like, maybe you do. And maybe you want to pull your head out of your ass. (sighs) Maybe. uh, (laughs) uh, By the way, let us now find out here in this time time code uh, if there's an ad. Let us wait for a second. Was there one? Did it happen? Who knows? Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Buy something, I guess. Uh, Buy something. There might have been an ad. I'm talking with Emma Marfo. It's emmamarfocom uh, slash comedy. It's at Emma Am- Marfo. Let us talk about your next one. His name is Noah.
1: Yes. So in the sea of boy bands that we had in the late 90s and early 2000s, there were a number of groups upon which you could draw crushes. Obviously, there were the Backstreet <laughs> Boys. There were the sinks the 98 Degrees. Let's see, there was five in B.B. Mac if you were going British. Uh, There were (laughs) lots and lots and lots of options. Okay. And with that in mind, MTV decided, we want to make a fake documentary about a boy band. And that boy band was called Together. So there was a documentary, a mockumentary that came out in like 2001, 2002. And that band got so popular that they kind of just had to become a real band. Kind of like the Monkees or like a Spinal Tap kind of thing where it just like outlives its origin. Right. Um, So you could like buy together albums. They toured, they had dolls. Like it was this whole thing that just like exploded beyond what MTV expected it to do. And And they really like leaned into the archetype. So like there was the cute one. There was the shy one. There was the older brother played by Kevin Farley, Chris Farley's brother. There was like the one that is the young one, but is like a little bit sick, like he's sick with something. (laughs) Uh, And there was the bad boy. And the shy one was named Chad Linus on the show. His real name was Noah Bastion. And this was in the era of like online message boards where you could like meet anybody. Yeah, Because, like, everybody was just there. There was no verification. There was no, like, machinations of social media. People were just out there and you could talk to whoever you wanted. Yeah. And I was on a together message board through Yahoo Groups where I met Noah Bastion's mom. Oh! And... This was a big deal. So, like, she would come in and, like, answer questions. And, like, if you talk to her, she would, like, mail you things. So, I was still playing piano at this point, And there was a Together song called Before We Say Goodbye that had, like, this really beautiful piano part in it. They were oh. good songs, but they were also, okay. like, just funny enough. Because, like, they play on the fact that, like, every boy band song is just a little bit sexier than you expect it to be. <laughs> so, every Together song was, like, very open about this. Like, okay. no, we're, we're not trying to hide the sex part. Like, you all know what we're doing. Um... So what? it was called. What was it called? Before the you song said was goodbye. Before we say goodbye, we yeah. say goodbye. Before we say goodbye. So I had a tape of me playing piano to it, and then I mailed it to her, and then she mailed it to him, and then he sent me an autograph picture back. I still have it. I'm not at my house, but I I do still have <laughs> it. So um, what are so, the yeah, lyrics? So yeah, just creeping around
0: on the internet pays off. Yeah. Oh gosh, let's see. What are the lyrics to "Before We Say Goodbye"? So I oh. think
1: the catch. The catch of the kind of like, oh, this is like very clearly a sexy song piece of it was like. Before. uh, Gosh, we've been down this road before. Oh. Before,
0: we so hard, door, it- before we close that door, before we go our separate ways, let's stop and find out why before we say goodbye. Yeah, we've been down this road before and we've always made it through. Always in- made it through. But in, in case, case we break, we break up. up can, I, Can still I still have, have sex with sex you? With you? <laughs> oh, before we lose this love, before we throw it all away, girl, don't go do, away. Girl, do don't another do guy. don't another guy before we say goodbye. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so funny. And this is in 2001, 2002. I literally am putting, yeah. I'm, I'm putting this on my airplane rotation. So I like to listen to weird songs as I fly around the world and uh, it kind of, it it makes me patient with the person in front of me in an airport situation. And if this is as catchy oh, as it sounds, uh, I can mm-hmm. just sing along and then laugh. There's uh, the WandaVision song. Uh, it was Agatha all along. Always makes me laugh. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I listen to that in the airport. <laughs> That's a great one. Yeah. So, okay. So, what? oh, wait. And then what does Noah Bastion look like? I also need to know this. This is something I need to know, because... Um,
1: I have no idea what he's doing now. He didn't do a whole bunch after that. Uh, okay.
0: Um, like, he, very, very blonde,
1: blue-eyed. Oh, wow. well, he very Aryan-looking.
0: Like su- such a haircut, man. This is this guy looks like... Yeah, the ha-
1: Yeah. Yeah, the haircuts of the moment, like, really leaned all the way into it. But again, it just it got kinda, away. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, it really got away from MTV in an interesting way, because... I've talked to people now who didn't actually realize it was a spoof band, like never got that context. They're like, oh, my favorite boy band was together. And it's like, oh, that no one told you?
0: Because they were (laughs) kids. Maybe they were too young Mm -hmm. and they were like, oh, he's he's on Instagram. You guys, a lot of people don't know this. Is he really? Yes. Uh, (laughs) Oh, eyebrows just went up. Hello. It is Noah Zark. Wait, that can't be him. Is it really him? It might be. Um, Hold on. Now I want to look. Just Noah? a moment, as we be on our phones. Wait, let me... Uh-oh, wait a minute. Uh Noah Bastion, Instagram, he's got... He's only has 200... That can't be really him. Uh, no, no. No, no. Hold on. Um, Chad... Because his real name is Chad Linus. So why oh, would the he be... His name is
1: Chad Linus.
0: Oh, it and was. His name is
1: Noah Bastion. Oh, there yeah. we go.
0: Okay, so... um. He's 43 oh,
1: now. Here, it, so here's a post from Jamie Knight Art. I was so boy band crazy in 1999. I truly felt like MTV's Together Parody Band was real. So okay. this person got an autographed picture of him as well.
0: But yeah, says... Uh, okay. This person did was not in on the joke. He was not in on the joke. He is gay. And he came out in t- 2013. Good for him. Good for him. Good for you, brother. Uh, live it up. Last time he worked was 2007. He was in uh, a TV film called Ice Spiders. Oh, he was on an episode of Everwood. I loved Everwood. I loved Everwood too. What a win- I have forgotten about Everwood. The last time I thought about Everwood was when it was on television. So uh, <laughs> 2007 science fiction horror film, which premiered in 2007 on the Sci-Fi Channel, a team of young winter Olympic hopefuls must slalom oh, no. to safety. Oh my God. Everyone needs to watch ice spiders immediately. Ice spiders. When when a horde of giant mutated spiders spin their way out of a top secret ladder laboratory. Uh, okay. It stars Patrick Muldoon, Vanessa Estelle Williams, and Noah Bastion, Kay, Danor Gerald, and Matt Whitaker, and was released on DVD in 2007. I still get DVDs. Oh my God. The image of that. They have to slalom their way to safety. Emma. I don't think you understand. Ice spiders. Yeah. Mutated ice huh. spiders. Yeah. There's there's nothing wrong with any of that. Uh, I I don't know that I can watch it because I don't like spiders. But mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't mean that everyone else who loves uh, to be uh, jump scared shouldn't watch that film. Okay. <laughs> this has been an amazing walk through <laughs> memory lane. That is so my glad. life. Yes, this is like <laughs> this is like somebody else's it's like everything because you know Ready Player One, remember Ready Player One when it came out? I do. It's essentially uh-huh. the guy who wrote that has been on the Dork Forest. His name escapes me. Uh perfectly uh, great. Uh he owns he owns a DeLorean that he put a fake flux capacitor in. I mean the guy is a fifty-five-year-old nerd, obviously, right? How does one find or make a fake? Flux capacitor or acquire a fake flux capacitor. He knows prop people. He's got, you know, that's all you're doing. You're just, you're just making a fake. And, uh, and when I met him, it was Halloween weekend and he came dressed as a Ghostbuster. So I'm just telling you, he is ready player guy. He's living the dream. He's living his own. Great. So, but what I think is interesting is he, you know, there's all this canonization and and this myth loving of the seventies and the eighties so much. That mm-hmm. people who were children in the 90s and, like, came to, like, all of their nerd stuff is from the early 2000s. That's kind of mm-hmm. awesome, you know, and to learn, like, who and who is Pedro? Who is your final, final... Oh, uh, you, know who he, you know who he is. Everybody who I know does. Pedro Pascal, I know him. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, okay.
1: Pedro Pascal, as of, like, 2022, 2023, is... Probably genuinely one of the most famous people on earth between Dinjarn and the Mandalorian, uh, Joel Miller on The Last of Us. Oh, I do know him.
0: Hi. He's a- Oh yes, you do. He's the, you man- do. Everybody so he the Mandal- does. he's the Mandalorian.
1: He's a Mandalorian, yeah. He was on what, what- Narcos, he was on Game of Thrones. Like okay. nerds know him. Like he is deeply entrenched in nerd culture for any number of reasons.
0: He is huge. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What did you see him in initially? So the first thing I saw him
1: in was uh, in the era of the pandemic where everybody was doing, like, table reads of shows. Because, like, we had no content oh, right. and we didn't know when we were going to get more TV. Yeah. Uh, so the cast of Community reunited to do a table read of an episode that Walton Goggins had originally been on. Walton Goggins couldn't make the table read. Pedro Pascal took his place. Okay. And... and there's like a part of that episode which if you've seen it it's essentially the one where Pierce has passed away that was there out to have Chevy Chase escape the situation and there's a part where he is like going through and like giving people things from his will and every person he gives like this cooled thermos of his sperm and he has to like explain why everybody gets <laughs> one for one reason or another. Oh gross. So in this <laughs> Yeah, but like in this span of about like 5 minutes he has to say like uh vial of sperm or vial of like hyperviral sperm or something like eight times every time he cracks up a different way so it's like five six consecutive minutes of him just like giggling like crazy to get through it <laughs> and i'm just like who is this silly handsome man? like it was just yep. so funny like you could tell he's having so much fun and like so frustrated that he can't get it right, but also just genuinely enjoying it. Right. And, like, at that point in the pandemic, no one was enjoying anything. So I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, it was just very, like, heartwarming to see. And, like, yeah. The Mandalorian had already started at that point, but I wasn't. I think it was, like, mid-first season, so I wasn't, like, fully caught up on it yet.
0: And he didn't take his helmet off until the end of the second exactly. season. So, Right, yeah. so, like, nobody knew that it was him, so then...
1: People were like, oh, from Mandalorian." I was like, oh, that's him? And then even then, like, didn't watch too much of it afterwards. But, like, so then The Last of Us hit. And, like, that was a whole thing. And then he hosted SNL. And he was amazing on SNL. And, like, I was, like, in
0: at that point. So,
1: like, it started in 2020. Took a little bit of a break. And then, like, came back. I was like, oh, I'm I'm here. Like, I'm mayor of downtown there. (laughs) I am on board. Um, And then it happened that, so he hosted snl in like early february the following week i was in new york because i'd been planning to go see oscar isaac's play oscar isaac being another person on the celebrity crush list didn't make the top five but he's also definitely in there all right um so we went to go see his oh we'll get into it um but yeah so he was doing this play it's now going to broadway the sign in sydney bruceon's window in brooklyn so i'd been planning to go to that with friends for like six months okay so we go to the play and my friend and I are exploring outside because we're like, if we find where the stage door is and we go after the show, we're going to get to meet Oscar Isaac. Isn't that cool? So we're out like doing our investigation and my friend Nick is inside and he's like, Pedro Pascal is here. You have to come inside. He was still in New York because he was doing like press stuff for The Last of Us and The Mandalorian. So we like sprint inside. I was told it looked like I was going in for a tackle. I haven't run that fast <laughs> in years. Um, so we did not catch him before the play. But okay. then at intermission, we're like, let's just go down to the lobby and do a lap and see who we find. Yep. So we go one side to the other. We don't see him. We come back and then I see him and then immediately turn around. Cause I was like, I'm going to make a scene. Like I'm going to make a scene. I cannot look at him. So my friend is facing him. And I was like, I, and I'm whispering, I'm like, can you, is that who I think it is? And she is a lovely person, but not very subtle. So she was like, what? And I was like, lower your voice. Is that who I think it is? And then a woman next to her was like, yes, that is who you think it is.
0: So there the three we of us go, are just like, a
1: stranger. <laughs> exactly. And her name was Ashley. She was lovely. She was visiting oh. New York. Um, her first trip since having a baby. Like, we got to know each other well, because the three <laughs> of us are like, how are we going? Well, I hope you're going? Ashley. Yes. Ashley. It was a pleasure meeting you. I hope your son's doing well. Um, so we're like strategizing like how to go and like approach him and say hello. He had, he was on the phone at the time. I should also say that. So we didn't want to like interrupt his phone call. And we definitely didn't want to like crack a seal where then everybody that saw him took a picture. So we're like, yeah. how do we do this? Yep. So we managed to like move in as we thought he was getting off the phone. I later found out he was still on the phone. <laughs> um. But he was like, I don't want to hang up. And we're like, that's okay." So if you actually look at the picture that we got, he is still on FaceTime. There was a person on the screen, but we did get to meet him and he was lovely.
0: And you did get a
1: picture. I did get a picture. Yes.
0: All right. Well, that is amazing. Yeah. And did everybody kind of swap him after? It's really hard to ask for a picture. And and when you're in some version of show business, you're like, I know this is kind of annoying, but I kind of need a picture. And yeah, uh, yeah. My yeah, mom I was, would I was love just like, me to yeah. Exactly. I was
1: like, I'm so I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But is it and and to his credit he did and he was absolutely lovely about it. <laughs> um but yeah, I I don't think that many other people did, because it was like right before the end of intermission. So he may have maybe gotten like one or two more. But like if you he, look at the posture of the picture, like we're all like hunched down because we're not trying to like we're not yeah. trying to open the posture such that it was like
0: everybody else come in, so everyone's like hunched yeah. over. Oh, we that's hilarious. Best. Yeah, yeah. So um Here's what I just learned about um about Pedro Pascal is he changed his name to Pascal because that was his mother's um maiden name, and she mm-hmm. passed away in two thousand mm-hmm. yep and uh so he changed his last name uh to Pascal, which I guess was her maiden name. Now mm-hmm. we know now we know um who's Isaac
1: Oscar Isaac so Oscar Isaac. Among being one of Pedro Pascal's good friends, yes. um he came to prominence with Inside Lewin Davis, so the Cohen Brothers film. Okay. Uh he was Lewin Davis. Okay. And that was one where like he sings in it and he's like very good it's a Cohen Brothers movie, so like it's great and like he's excellent in it and Yep, there he is. Looking very Um, handsome. Well played, sir. Right? Just yep. biblically good looking, as one person has said about (laughs) Pedro Pascal, but also applies to Oscar Isaac. Um, But yeah, just kind of like slowly came up in a very similar way, um, was in the final three Star Wars movies as Poe Dameron.
0: Oh, is he Poe Dameron? Yeah. He's Poe Dameron, yeah. You know that I have that face thing where I don't recognize anyone, even when it is clearly uh, something I've seen a lot of. Uh, I did not okay. know that. Yeah. No, I have that. It's, I, they say it's a real thing. I might just be a jerk. Uh, but I'd, I have a, my self-absorption is pretty, cl- uh, it's pretty dense. <laughs> so it's hard to get through it. Uh, but. Yeah, it's, like, who, it's, it's like, who is this?
1: Which right. is humbling. See, and I think sometimes, so I have to imagine some celebrities need that. Just like genuinely somebody being, I'm sorry, who are you? Uh,
0: I did a Stephen Allen Green. Was it Stephen Allen Green? No, it was uh, Dag. Who's, uh. Uh, uh, uh that day. David Allen Greer. Stephen Allen Greer? Greer? Yeah. David Allen Greer. That's it. Uh, I yeah. didn't recognize him, and he's a famous stand-up comic. And oh, he sure is. Sure is. And he was like, we were in a green room together, and he said, well, who are you? And I said, I'm Jackie Cation. I'm one of the comics on the thing. Who are you? Mm-hmm. And there was a lo- long pause while David Allen Greer was uh, disappointed that I didn't know who he was. But... um. Yeah, it's 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 pretty common. I met Matt Damon once and didn't know it was Matt Damon. So, oh, wow, uh, Yeah, you does not run into that often. Right, he was hanging out with Tom Papa. And okay. uh, cuz they're friends from that um when when I think it was uh, Liberace uh movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I met Matt Damon and uh and then it came to me and I was like, "Oh, neat." And then that's <laughs> when he was done talking to me. So uh when Although you say you want to oh, need a great vessel
1: for <laughs> a great vessel for Michael Douglas, just like hey, Michael Douglas, be Liberace, and he did, and he was great.
0: Oh my gosh, I never saw it, and you know, Liberace is from my uh is from my hometown. It's from Milwaukee. Oh, uh, I, did. I didn't it, know that. Yeah, well, I'm from outside of Milwaukee, but uh, the, my Liberace story is that my grandmother, my stepmother's mom, my grand my grandmother uh on that mm. side, she. Loved Liberace, and she would always say, "You know, he just can't find the right girl." And oh. um, I was like, "You're adorable, Granny." And uh, she liked going by Granny. I please never. I don't ever want to be a Granny. <laughs> it just feels dark. It feels like it feels like you've really given up when someone calls you Granny. Auntie, oh, that feels fine. like respectful. But uh, yeah. like, yeah, Aunt Jackie, I don't mind that. I always uh, draw an aunt. And then uh, when I always <laughs> send anything to the nieces and nephews, I always draw the, an aunt, and then I Just write the, the word aunt Jackie. and Then Jackie, yeah,
1: but yeah. You want to talk about somebody who was the object of many a celebrity crush, Liberace, which was time poorly spent for so many women, <laughs> but they they had no way of knowing that,
0: right? They had no way of knowing that. And the nature of crushes, we're talking with Emma Barfo, and the nature of crushes is you don't ever man it doesn't ever manifest itself, so it's almost kind of perfect,
1: right. you know. It is. It's a great like like we were talking about. Like it's a way of like expending that energy in a way that has basically no stakes, which is very comforting.
0: It is. It's better than the crushes I had in high school, which were all with gay men as well. And that was that was a so true. I've done that also. Down. Yes, and uh, and one of those guys had to actually tell me in high school. He was like this. uh, It's very flattering. This, it's yeah. never going anywhere. And I was like, ah, <sighs> yeah, and, uh, yes, and
1: and. I think for the type of person who gets into, like, those types of crushes, like, it's easier to just be like, well, you can just project that onto a celebrity and you'll probably never meet them. Except sometimes you do meet them. And the so the other thing about that is I there – there is a an economy of fan-made t-shirts of a okay. number of, like, the young men who – People are crushing on. And I had like just bought a Pedro Pascal shirt and it didn't come in time for me to take it to New York, which is good because if I had, there is a high likelihood that I would have worn it that day and then had to meet him wearing a shirt with him on it. I literally missed it by a day. And I was (laughs) like, oh, thank God, because I don't have the constitution to deal with something like that gracefully. I would have just started crying. I would have been like, I'm so sorry.
0: (laughs) And then I have this oh, shirt oh on, but I genuinely, and he would not, and he would have, because if someone came up to you wearing a picture of you and they're just like, I'm just such a huge fan. What's interesting yeah. to me is Ron Funches is constantly wearing a, t- a shirt that says Funches on it. He's always wearing a shirt with his own merch. And I'm like, gutsy stuff, man. But he can take, he can carry it off. He can carry it. I just saw yeah. him night before last. He named, uh, him, he, they named his new son, right? He just, they had a baby. And so it's a little boy. And that boy's name is Theodore Bear Funches. He named his son Teddy Bear. (laughs) Teddy Bear. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, I'm a silly man. And now I, (laughs) and he doesn't, he doesn't have to go by Teddy Bear. He could, he's, we call him Teddy now, but he may one day reject it. And then he could be a Huxtable. He can go by Theo. And then when he's uh, an adult man, maybe he'll be gay and they can just call him Bear. Uh, Yeah. Or he could just be a wrestler, and they could call him Bear. Uh, or yeah. he could be uh, Ted or Theodore or Edward. Not Edward. I don't think he said Edward. Uh, because uh, his name is Theodore, so they'd call him Theo or Ted, I think. Right? I don't think Edward, I think, is its own name. Yeah, Edward is Yeah, Edward is a different
1: shortening to Ted, I think. Although That's just the Eddie. book nerd- The book nerd in me kind of wants him to just start going by Laurie and not explain it. (laughs) Like for Theodore Lawrence from Little Women, just be like, yeah, I could have been Teddy, but I'm Laurie. And then just like not explain it. And actually, to your point about like not wanting to be called granny. So you mentioned my joke where someone had mentioned uh, that I shouldn't keep space camp on my resume. So that was my grad school professor, Tom Miller, who I love dearly. He's one of my favorite people. And we had him for class when he was getting ready to be a grandfather. So it was that debate of like, what do you want to be called? And he's like, you know what I want to be called? Ricky. I would like to be called Ricky instead of grandpa. His name is Tom Edward Miller. He wanted to be Ricky. That was his choice. And we're like, how did you get to Ricky? He's like, I don't know, but I, I love it. And we're like, all right. So every now and again,
0: we call him Ricky, but that, that was what he wanted. Yeah. That's nice. And, you know, Ricky as a, as a nickname for a grandpa, it could be anything. I know there's Mimi's yeah. and there's, you know, different names. Like my, my sister and her partner have two kids. They call my sister mm-hmm. Mapa as in rhymes with Papa. And, uh, right. and Mimi is her, is Sam, my sister-in-law. And, um, uh, uh-huh. Mimi, I think I don't know why. I don't get it, but uh I'm on board. Whatever you wanna I'll call you whatever you want, right? Good times. Yeah. And Darla was like, I kinda like MAPA. So uh <laughs> so, Darla Cation, also known as MAPA. And uh, I but, love it. uh you should know we're 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 almost at an hour. Let's let's do the things where we talk about how this is monthly. It's on the Comedy Hub, which is on Twitch. Uh, so if you, if if they go to amamarfo.com slash comedy, is there a link to your Twitch channel or to the comedy show? Yeah, so
1: there's a link to the, there's a link to the Twitch channel. There are a couple clips, uh, my full specials there as well. Um, as well as a schedule of where I'll be, um, mostly in Boston, but I do travel for
0: comedy now and again. So
1: yeah, I can go wherever,
0: wherever the comedy calls me to go. Oh my God. Available. Please book her. Because uh, very funny, enjoy your nachos, stand up half hour. You can get that on amamarfo.com slash comedy. But you can also go to YouTube and Google. All I did was Google, enjoy your nachos. And you came up first.
1: <laughs> I've cornered <laughs> the market on nachos,
0: which is a, a literal dream. <laughs> <laughs> we could have talked about nachos for an hour, Emma. So uh, everybody, Good've. it's at amamarfo on Instagram Thank you so much for doing this show. And I have uh, now learned many actors that I already knew, but now I know their names.
1: You know them for real. You're like, I don't know them. And I was like, yes, you do. So you you did it. We did it.
0: We did it. Thanks for being on the show. And Rangers, uh, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that?